We join you on the fan on till, take you till six thirty, Steve Summers at that time on a Thursday night as we finish up the final days of February and all anybody cares about is whether you get this virus or not. It's gotten crazy already and we're just getting started. So uh should be an interesting weekend from that standpoint. Before you know it, it'll be March. You know, you always look for March first. Uh you know, always do, because then you, you can start to see the start start to see the spring. So you get through the month of February. Weather hasn't been bad. Overall, it's been pretty good. So you're already deeper in, you know, no Yankee got hurt this afternoon that I know about yet. It's just totally that. Maybe, you know, maybe by tonight, you know, maybe by this evening, somebody will get hurt. But, you know, it's a, they almost got through a day. You know, it's funny. Stanton is probably, I was trying to think of the last time somebody annoyed the Yankee fans as much as Stanton has recently. Because... Doing it every day when Stanton first got here. And most of the talking the trade when it first happened, most of you liked the trade. I was against it, but most of you liked it. Not all of you, but most of you. And the trade made sense. I mean, listen, I didn't like it. I didn't like paying them. I thought they had too many right handed hitters. I thought they needed more lefties. I still think they need more lefties. Um they have. They just happen to be completely uh, overrun with right-handed power hitting DHs. But he has just not had that moment you need that gets everybody on your side. You know, he didn't hit in the postseason. Two years ago, he waved at the ball. He didn't look good. They kind of was ugly give up at bats, you know, the 0-2 and you flail, on, you know, and, uh, and you head back to the dugout with your, with your head down. Last year, obviously, he's hurt all year, and now he starts this year and he's hurt again. So I, you can just hear the frustration when people talk about what he's getting paid and just the whole, just his whole persona where, you know, he does not have... He has a reputation for hitting a lot of home runs, but he hasn't had that moment where the Yankee fan... And listen, this guy's got ability. We all know he's got ability. I mean, the, the, the guy's had one outrageous year, but he's had, he's had plenty. I mean, the guy's got 300 home runs already. He's a solid home run hitter. He's a solid player. He's not a, he hasn't distinguished himself as a great player. And he's limited, you know, and now he's hurt all the time. But what he does here is he opens it up for some other guys. He gives Andohar a chance to really get some serious playing time, whether they want to give him a chance in the outfield or whether they want to give him a chance at DH. You got Frazier in the mix. You're not going to get hurt here. You know, it would take a lot. It would take a lot to derail the Yankees in the regular season. And the perfect example of that is, as I said to you yesterday, the number after Severino's goes down, Paxton's already gone down, Stanton might not be ready for the regular season. And the Yankees, overall, number hasn't moved. It hasn't moved an inch. It hasn't. It hasn't moved a half of a point. It is still two hundred. It's still one hundred and two and a half. So they don't believe any of that will have an impact on the performance of the regular season. And I happen to agree with them. They have enough depth. They've overcome more. If they don't have Stanton in the lineup, they'll have Andrew Horn in the lineup. If they don't have Andrew Horn in the lineup, they'll have Frazier in the lineup. 
and they have a bunch of guys ready to jump in. They have plenty of power. There are a couple of indispensable Yankees. Judge comes close, but I think the most, because of the position he plays, and LeMayo had a great year last year, but I think the most indispensable Yankee in the lineup, the everyday lineup, is Torres, especially now where he's going to play. And I think he's become the guy. Listen, I think Judge is the biggest, is the biggest star of the group. But you know what? He's been frustrated by a lot of injuries also. Let's be honest. And Torres, at a very, very young age, has become a very special hitter. Now, did he fatten his stats up last year on the Orioles? Absolutely. I mean, we know he did. But you know what? Those games count. So when you're playing the Orioles and it's 7-1 in the fourth inning and they start marching in these guys who, you know, who are great D pitchers who you're going to pound into oblivion and score 10 runs over the you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth innings and win the game you know, 16-2, those numbers count. And he did a lot of that last year. The Yankees did a lot of that last year. A lot of teams did a lot of that last year. Which is why the number's still on in two, because there's this there's great disparity now in baseball, more than there's ever been before. It used to be that you won a third and you lost a third and start from there. You know, the Orioles have trouble. They barely do that. If they're lucky, they do that. It used to be you'd get 60 wins. You know, really, you'd get 60. Unless you were just, just completely inept, you'd get 60. And now, 60's a, a long shot for them. But he has, Stan has become this guy that Yankee fans just want to take out every bit of their frustration, their anger, anything, their high expectations on this guy. Do I now look at it and say, oh, Stan won't be ready for regular day. Oh, Severino. I don't think it will have much impact on the regular season. I don't. I think it could have, a, I think Severino could have an impact on the postseason. You know, you're going to get Paxton back at some point. You're going to get Armon back where everybody forgets at some point. No one talks about him. It's almost like he doesn't exist right now. But he's going to come back. Somewhere around July-ish, he's going to come back. You figure they'll have him ready to go by then. And he, he, he would be like a big acquisition. And you're going to rely on guys that, you know, and you can, you can also use the, the opener if you want to do that. They have a very deep bullpen. You got Lewisaga, you got uh, Montgomery, you got, you know, obviously you have Hap who's going to be, a, you know, Hap will win 15 games with this team. Tanaka will do the same, you know, and they won't lose a whole lot of games. And Cole will win more than that. I don't know if he'll win 20. You can never expect a guy to win 20 anymore because you're going into the season, you got 32 starts. If you take out a reasonable amount of no decisions, you know, you're leaving those games in the 7th 1-1 or 2-2 or whatever, you, you know, and you're not getting a decision in those games, that's the hard part. I think here's what I would say about Cole. 75% to 80% of the decisions that he gets, I'd even go 80%, will be wins. So I think for every two losses, there'll be eight wins. That sounds like 16 and four at the end of the season. Yeah, something like that. You know, 16 and four, 17 and five, you know, something in that, in that neighborhood. 18 and six, 
18 and 5. A lot of strikeouts, probably 300 strikeouts. You just can't say how many wins because you just don't know how many of those. Just look at the Grom. How many of those games has the, have you ever added up? How many of those games, 0-0, 1-1, trailing one nothing that the Grom has left after the 6th and 7th inning in the last couple of years? There's been, if there's been one, there's been 20, 25 of them. I mean, he's pitched incredibly, and look at how many games he's won the last two years. He should have another. He should. He should absolutely have another fifteen wins over the two seasons. I mean, it's not. It's not even. Not even worth discussing. I would say fifteen is being conservative. That's how. That's how well he's pitched. But you. But you throw it in with the bullpen. You take the two issues, the bullpen and their inability to score in a lot of those games, put those two things together, and you wind up with a absurd, just an absurd number of no decisions on games where he pitched, you know, absurdly well, just incredibly well. Frustrating, yes, but obviously he's been honored. You know, they've treated him the right way. They've acknowledged him for what he's been able to do. So it's not like they haven't because they have. They've acknowledged him in the right way. But easily can tack on 15 wins over the two years. That's being fair. So would he ha- will Cole have 20 wins? Who knows? But like I said, he'll be a 10-plus pitcher, which is what you look for. Somebody who's 10 games more over 500 than his record. 15 and 5, 16 and 6, 17 and 7, 10 plus. That's how I look at starting pitches. I don't look at them as they have to win 20 games, not with 32 starts. So I look at it as 10 plus. Just win 10 more than you lose. And pitch your game, pitch your, you know, your team deep into the sixth, seventh inning. If you do that, the Yankees are going to win most of those games because they have a better lineup and a better deep bullpen. You know, Bloomberg isn't on the ballot in South Carolina. He'll be on a ballot in the Super Tuesday states. And a lot will be decided in the next couple of weeks with this thing. And you just heard that, if you were just listening to that commercial, and you know he's been swamping every bit of media with, 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 with uh, his commercials. Do you want a debater or a doer? Now, you understand you want a doer. But you, this is, being president... In the modern age, you must campaign on television. Part of that is debates. Now, if he ever wins the nomination, which I don't think there's any real path for him to win the Democratic nomination now. If he did, you would have to say that he and Trump and you have an incumbent president there. You can't debate him. He's the worst debater I've ever seen. Now, this guy, as you know, has more staff and more people than anybody could possibly have. So they had anybody they needed in there they hired to get him ready for this debate. Supposedly they worked for days. He unloaded his opening joke about two-thirds through the debate. They had practiced this. This is a brilliant man. His jokes were so bad, and he had delivered the opening joke about halfway through the debate. And people look at him like, what are you talking about? What are you doing? 
They all knew it was an opener. They all knew it was an opening line, and he delivered it in the middle of the debate. Plus, he called them all contestants. The contestants. I mean, he, he just is – he is such a bad debater that he makes Biden, who by normal standards is a poor debater, look like JFK. And I thought, well, you know, give him one time around. You know, we've seen Ronald Reagan didn't do well his first time around. Even Barack Obama, who's a great speaker, it was not good in his first debate. I think it maybe get a little better. If he was a zero the first time, he was a two the second time. So you're not getting a debater, you're getting a doer. But the debate had to hurt. It had to. I mean, it was terrible. It was just unbelievably bad. And it's scary how bad he was. All right, the PGA moves to Florida this weekend, so it's down at uh, PGA National. If you've ever been down there in the Palm Beach area, it's down there. Uh, the Honda Classic. Right now, English, Lewis lead at four on the par. You have, uh, let's see who's close. Hmm. Not a lot of guys that, you not, not a lot of household names that are, you know, knocking the door down. Really not. Now, Tiger pulled out with a bad back. Woodland is even par. Fleetwood is even par. So, uh, I mean, the name names, the biggies, none of them, I don't think, were they all over par today? Is that true? Now I got to look for them because they, I got to see where they are. Uh, Justin Rose, two over. Man, where are these guys? They all shot that badly? Is this true? Kepka four over. Wow. Kepka doesn't care in these tournaments. He just shows up to kind of get some... Uh, Mitchell, who won it last year, five over. Furick eight over. Man, oh man. Who am I? There's got to be some guys that are in the neighborhood here. None of the big guys are. Well, Fleetwood, like I said, is even. Woodland's even. I mean, jeez. Terrible. Really, I mean that's not a great not a great group. Uh, I'm surprised. Ricky Fowler six over? Man, look at that. Ricky Fowler six over. Jeez. I know Tiger pulled out because he uh, his back was bothering him. All right. The other story is Tom Brady, and you keep hearing these things and now guys have reports. Well Tom Tom now is is this and he's that. He's meeting with this team. He's, he's so far from going back to New England. Now it's a long shot if he's going back to New England. Folks, I think it's the same shot it was that it was when it started that he's going back to New England. And no one knows what that means yet. They haven't had the talk yet. Until they have the talk, and they're going to have the talk, we're going to find out. The talk's going to be, here's what I want, and here's what I want done. Do you do it, or do I walk? That's going to be the talk. They haven't had the talk yet. 
Now, we can all talk about speculate what that means as to what kind of quarterback he's going to get if, if Brady leaves. Let's see him leave first. Do I buy, did I buy the Cowboy rumors? I did not. Do I buy the Giant rumors? I did not. Do I think Indianapolis could make some sense? Yes. Do I, think, do I, do I believe Tampa is in the mix? I don't see him going to Tampa. I could see him maybe going to the Colts. I would. That team has got a very good offensive line. They got some weapons. I think it's a possibility. I think Tennessee's a definitely a possibility. Obviously, the Chargers are a possibility. Uh, that would be a very different role for him. There he's selling tickets. There he becomes kind of a guy who's the face of the franchise. Even even Vegas makes some sense. Although I don't see him and Gruden together. I just don't. So I would say Tennessee makes plenty of sense. Colts make some sense. But I still think, I still think, push comes to shove, I would still make it 60-40 stays. And you think about it, this is going to create a lot of movement here. Where's, where's Rivers playing next year? If Rivers is in Tampa, where's, where's Winston playing next year? If Brady's moving and goes to Tennessee, where's Tannehill playing next year? Where's Teddy Bridgewater playing next year? Now that Breeze is back. Who's quarterback in the Chargers? A lot of rumors about Bridgewater going to Chicago. Light a fire on the Trubisky. Rivers, a lot of talk about him going to Tampa. Also some talk about him being the guy in Indianapolis. So there's going to be a, you know, we still know about Cam Newton. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this all lines up. That's all. There's going to be, a, and obviously when you're starting with the, the guy who has been the premier player of the generation, and he is even, uh, you know, you know, the premier player of the generation, that his movement, would really be so different for this league. You know, to think you can't even fathom the past without him. And you heard that Montana told him, it was a story that said Montana's advice to him was stay with the team and the system and the culture that you know. Do not leave. And I think that is very sound advice because Tom is a very rigid, disciplined, hard-working guy. And from that standpoint, I just think the culture has to be exacting because he's not going to want to go to a team where guys don't work hard or, or where he goes into a room and they aren't you know, steadfast where they're just applying themselves in the most rigid of ways, that they're asking the right questions, that they're all motivated, that they're, they all know what their roles are. When they go to the practice field, they all know their assignments. They know everybody else's assignments. They know each other's assignments. All the things that, they, that becomes to him second nature because he's always been able to be that, that driven and that exacting because he was in a culture where that was demanded. You know, he, if you go to the Pats, it's demanded you work hard. It's demanded that you, you study the playbook, that you know your role, you know your, 
you know what you're supposed to do. You do your job. You know what your job is. You understand the offense. You you know there they do the all the extra mental work and all the 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 extra mental preparation and you know the wide receivers go into the deep back rooms to learn how. The other half lives. Same thing with the deep backs. They go into the wide receiver rooms to see how they're taught and what they're expecting. So they understand and look at it through the other's eyes. I mean, they, they, they don't miss a trick. They, they get tough, versatile, smart players, players who can play more than one position, do more than one thing, are tough and are very, very smart. And that's what they believe in. And Brady's been that too. Brady is a guy who was self-made. He was a guy who went there with a bad body, who uh, just made himself, willed himself to be this quarterback with thousands and thousands and thousands of you know hours of hard work and throwing and preparation and learning the position and doing all the things that you have to do if you're you know that lower draft pick who lost his job as a senior and you know nobody thought he was going to ever be this kind of player. So from that standpoint, I just don't know if there's another place where he would be content, where he would get all that on the way in the door. And without it, he might be feel just so lost that I can't believe that I'm not in that culture anymore where I go to practice and expect everybody to be on the right page and there to be no fooling around and everybody's completely committed to winning and nobody takes any nonsense and all the different things that have become part and parcel of the culture of the Pats, he would miss that. And he has to recognize that. I'm sure he does. And that's why to me, until I hear that he has officially left the team, I still think he's going to go back. That's just me. I just, I've thought that all along. And I think Kraft really wants him back. I don't know where Belichick stands. I don't know if Belichick wants to go get somebody younger and tinker. I don't know if he wants a mobile quarterback in this new game because a lot of guys do. A lot of guys, and, and, and to be honest with you, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, uh, I could name 100 quarterbacks. Tom Brady I put in there too. They would have been sacked 10 times plus in the Super Bowl. Mahomes' ability to be quick to be able to be mobile, to be elusive, to be able to move and throw, to be able to get away from the initial rush and throw was a difference in the game. Because a normal quarterback would have been sacked not four times, but about 10 or 11. That's how overwhelming their pass rush was for the Niners. But he got out of there and he made plays. He got away and he made plays. On the hill play, just see how amazing it was that he even got away from the pass rush on a hill play. And some of the other times where they had him dead to right, so mobility has become such an incredible part of the uh, quarterback game, an incredibly important part of the game. And I think there's no coach who doesn't realize that. And that makes Tom a little bit of a dinosaur in this day and age, although he's a little quicker with his feet than people give him credit for. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting to watch. All right. Uh, as always, the program brought to you by Casamigos Tequila, brought to you by those who drink it. Uh, we will see you tomorrow for a Friday program. Steve Summers is next. Enjoy your Thursday, everybody.